Yes, hello everybody, welcome back to the Skylarkin Podcast. This is episode 3. You probably thought this was never going to happen, but here we are, back again, podcasting, Skylarkin. Alright, how are you guys doing? It's been a while, it's been what, almost 2 months. Some people have been asking me, when is the podcast coming back? And i tell you the truth, man... Everything was so depressing and it was just too much coronavirus and I didn't want to talk about depressing stuff. This podcast is meant to be jovial, lighthearted, me messing about or just talking nonsense. But And I wasn't in the mood really so it's like let's start back when later times are around and here we are. We're coming out. We're almost at the end of the lockdown. You know some pubs open up and whatnot. You're going out there drinking and yeah I've been trying to get healthy. I went by a friend the other day and he said he started doing yoga. He's been doing yoga for a while now. He does it every morning. So I started doing yoga two days ago. I can't, I can't even touch my toes. I can't touch my toes without bending my knees. So that's something I got to work on. I, I, I'm not very flexible. But it's good, man. I actually did it two mornings in a row. I missed this morning because what happened? I went for... I started running as well. Oh, yeah, I got fat. I weigh over 200 pounds. Can you believe that? You look at me, you wouldn't think... You would think maybe this guy's 170, 180. But nah, I weigh over 200 pounds, people. And this happened during lockdown. So, you know... (laughs) I was going in on the fast food and whatnot. Well, not fast food. I was just, I just, I eat a lot of nonsense, really. But yeah, so I got to get my weight down. I want to get to like, um, let's say 185. I got a lot of flab on my belly. But no, so I had started running. I'm in a WhatsApp group. One of the guys started running and he used to post his times. And we all started out running like three kilometers. So yesterday, and at first I couldn't even run three kilometers. But you know, you gradually work up to it. You keep running, you keep running, you get a little better. And yesterday, I ran six kilometers. How's that for improvement? Round of applause, people. Come on. Clap for your boy. Um, So yeah, I ran six kilometers. That's the longest I ever ran in my entire life. I did 5k last week or something and I had to uh, decompress after that. But now I I ran 6 kilometers and very proud of that. And so now my body, I didn't do the yoga in the morning because my body's sore. I am paralyzed from the waist down because my legs never went through anything like that. I don't know though. I eventually by the end of the year, I want to run 10k. That's the goal to run a 10k before the year end. I don't know if I can do it, but I'll try. Um, I need proper shoes, though. I'm just running in casual trainers. I need running shoes so I can improve my time and be faster, you know? I was never a long-distance runner. I was more of a sprinter back at school. You know, I like the sprints. I like the 100, 200. But long-distance was never my thing, you know? I ain't got the lungs for it. I got asthma. Can't be sprinting them long distances, but it seems I'm doing okay now. I'm not running fast. I ain't got a fast time. That's why you... <laughs> I'm not going to post my time. My time might be embarrassing. Also, my, my calf muscles are too big for me to be a good distance runner. You can't have big 
calf muscles and be a good distance runner. You gotta got skinny lower legs. If you look at the Kenyans and the Ethiopians, that's that's their key to success. Well, one of the keys to success. The other key is that they live at altitude, high altitudes, but they have very skinny lower legs, which is a feature to make you a good um, distance runner. And also their legs as a ratio of their body is um, on average higher than the average person's. So that's why they part of the reason that they're good at um, long distance running. But I have short legs and big big calves. So that's my excuse and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> but no, it's true. If, if, if you got bigger lower legs, you're not going to be a good long distance runner. Because they said, like, if you think of the leg as a pendulum, the weight, if, if you put the weight at the bottom of um, the thing, it's going to it's gonna take more energy to swing. So, yeah, that's the reasoning behind it. A bit of facts and science there for you. What else have I been doing, man? Oh, yeah, I'm not using my phone or social media as much anymore. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but... Yeah, I had to ease off the social media and especially Twitter, man. Twitter was Twitter would destroy your brain, man. It's just arguments, people arguing back and forth. I mean, you see some good stuff every now and again, but I I never left Twitter. Came off Twitter saying, "Oh, that was a good experience." So I I've been trying to use my phone a lot less. On average, like I can track my um screen time. On average, I was using my phone. Seven to eight hours a day, which is quite high, isn't it? That's madness. I could be doing something productive at that time, but instead of arguing with racists and <laughs> having stupid debates on Twitter, so now I'm down to three hours a day, less just under three hours a day of um phone usage. Yeah, so that's good, and it's been helping. It's improved my sleep a lot. I wasn't sleeping. I was sleeping like between three and four hours a day, man. Had me mash up. But now I sleep at least five, five to six. It's the dopamine. These dopamine rushes. That's the thing. Social media was designed to keep you hooked on it. It was designed using the principles of um, like slot machines and gambling and stuff. You know, you get that dopamine hit, the unpredictability. You see a post you like, you just keep scrolling as well. You know, all of them is tactics that they use in the casino and gambling industry to keep you hooked. So th- you got to get a dopamine detox. Stay off the drugs, the social media drugs. Because what was happening to me, I would set my, you can set a timer for the app. You you can go on your phone and say, I only want to use Instagram for two hours today or WhatsApp for an hour and a half today or twitter you can set the time how much you want to use the app and then it would just lock down on you at least you can do that on my phone i don't know if you can do it on most phones you can do that and what would happen i would spend half my time having an argument with somebody or discussing something realize that all my time is used up and i would keep extending it like a crackhead i'll go for two hours "Ah, give me another hour i need another hit you know in that time i wasn't sleeping as well I got some drugs off the doctor, so I got some sleeping pills come through. Apparently, they're very addictive, highly addictive, so he didn't want to give me too many. So we can see how these work, and if I get any sleep, any improved sleep. 
So fingers crossed. Yeah, I see people traveling, man. I want to travel. I want to get back out there. I was supposed to go to Spain. I missed that. Cheers, Corona. I was meant to go to Barbados. Celebrate with my mum. That's over as well. Actually, I got to get the refund. I'll get the refund for that trip to Barbados. These people are criminals, though. All these airlines and stuff, man, they, they, they don't want to give you a refund because I was calling to get a refund. And all they're talking about is rebooking and rescheduling. They don't mention refund. They're not mentioning the refund. You got to hang on and press six different numbers. They say press one if you want to rebook. Press two if you want to speak to an advisor about getting a voucher. Press four. And then you press four. Then you might hear something about a refund. And then when you get to the refund line, there ain't nobody there. They just said, oh, we have, um, we don't have enough staff due to coronavirus. So call back later. Click, click. <laughs> so I, I don't know how you're going to get this refund. But these companies, man, they're doing everything to make it hard for you to get a refund on your money. And that, to go Barbados ain't cheap, man. Where else was I supposed to go? Oh yeah, I was meant to go to Austria, perform in Austria as well. That went through the window as well. That man was hanging out though for the... He cancelled that show last minute. He was hoping that Corona wasn't going to be a thing. I was like, dude, the shutdown McDonald's. <laughs> if the shutdown McDonald's, you know, this thing is serious. You don't shut McDonald's for no reason. So I told them, listen... Pulled the gig, but he was still holding out. And then eventually he's like, yeah, this, the shutdown Vienna. So I got to rebook that one, hopefully. I've never been to Vienna. I don't know what it looks like or what's good over there. But I want to go and see what it's like. Vienna. I don't even know what's the, you know, like every country got a thing. I don't know what. Austria, you you only think about, like, what? Hitler? Think about Hitler and Schwarzenegger. That's all I can think about Austria. I don't know what they produce. Chocolate? I don't know. Beer? Probably. It's good beer in Austria. Or I'm making that up. Looking forward to... Speaking of McDonald's, I had McDonald's... On one night it was... Me and the wifey had McDonald's... Was it Tuesday? Oh man, that shit was delicious. I was literally, that's the first time in my life I was like, ta da ta ta ta, I'm loving it. That McDonald's was delicious. But that's probably because I ain't had it in like um, three months. But you know, normally you eat McDonald's and you, you, after a while you regret that you eat McDonald's because you know it's nonsense food. That there ain't nothing nutritious in there. But now I had McDonald's, man, and that, that pulled load. That hit the spot, man. And there was no regret. Loved it. I had the Big Mac and some chicken nuggets. Sorry, apologies to all the vegans out there, but nah, that McDonald's hit, man. That hit different. It was good. But you see, that's why I fat, man. That's... <laughs> I hear talking about McDonald's. Gosh, they should be talking about celery sticks and carrots, dipping them in hummus, um, Caesar salads. But I hear bragging about the McDonald's that I had. That's why I weigh over 200 pounds. 
But no, I want to go back. When I travel next, I want to go back to Portugal, man. I had a great time in Portugal. Shout out to my boy Andre in Portugal. He brought me over and it was fun. The food was great. Loved the food in, in, in Portugal. And he he lived in Lisbon, so he know the spots. You know, the local spots, the out-of-the-way spots that everybody want to go to. You know, proper Portuguese cooking. Delicious I be went in one of those restaurants late at night, man, and the food, I'm not going to lie, it was a little restaurant, and we went in there like it was 2 a.m. or something. We were walking around looking for a place to eat. It took me to this place, man. You know, I had a little TV up on there showing soap operas or, was it a kung fu? There's a wide gap between soap opera and kung fu, you know. But anyhow, you know, it's a family-owned place. And I got to tell you, he brought the food, there was rice, there was steak, there was eggs and something else. And it did not, I'm not going to lie, it didn't look appetizing. And it just had a little gravy thing. But man, that shit was delicious. It was, I was like, man, tell the man bring out some condiments, some spices. Because this look, it was like plain rice, eggs and steak. But I don't know how that man cooked that. That thing was, it was succulent. It's delicious. Loved it. But nah, Portugal's nice, man. Lisbon was great. I bought a cheese over there. I went in the shop. It's a cheese shop. That's where I bought the cheese in a cheese shop. If you're looking for cheese, go in a cheese shop, you know. Um, and I went in this cheese shop and I was like, I tell the lady, because I want stuff to eat in my hotel room. I don't want to be always spending money, you know buying stuff so i told the lady in the cheese shop my give me your best cheese she said i know the cheese for you she went and got this cheese told me the cheese one cheese of the year i didn't know cheeses had competition she said this was the cheese of the year last year it's fantastic cheese so i bought the cheese i said give me two of them cheeses so yeah i took the cheese i bought something else as well i said why why are you eating this with she said get some crackers Man, I took this cheese and I went back to the hotel and I had a stack of crackers. Listen, that cheese hadn't cracked. I'm not a cheese person, right? When I was growing up in Barbados, we had cheddar cheese and that was it. You had a big cheese or a small piece of cheese. That's all it was. That's the only two type of cheese there was. A big block of cheese and a small cheese. You understand? I don't know about all these different stells of cheese but it's only no because my girl is white i had a i got a bit more knowledge of cheese white people love cheese cheese and racism that's their thing you know you got all these different types of cheese she opened my mind a bit more to cheeses but anyhow i'm i'm just uh if it tastes good you know I, i'll eat it but i'm not heavy on cheese but nah man this this is the f- i sit in that hotel and i ate all that cheese like a greedy pig in in almost one sitting. I had to force myself to stop. That cheese was really cheese of the year. That was some Champions League cheese. You get what I'm saying? That was the Lamborghini of cheeses. I was hooked, man. I, I The only thing I sorry I didn't buy like five and smuggled them back into the UK. Because that cheese was delicious. It was soft, you you know, it had a hard exterior, but inside it was soft and creamy, man. I was just scooping it out with a cracker. I can't even remember what it named in case I go back. 
I gotta probably ask her. Give me that cheese from that that Vince cheese of the year in 2019 or whatever. But it was good, man. So the cheese was good in 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 Lisbon. Yeah, and everybody was telling me eat this. Uh, what what what's it called? Pasteles de nata. Yeah, man, I murdered them as well. Pasteles de nata. I had like too much. That's probably why I weighed 200 pounds. Too much pastelis de nata. Basically, that's a custard tart. For those of you who, have, who haven't had them before. It's like a custard. It's a pastry with custard in it or something like that. Delicious, man. When I was over there, though. Um, oh, yeah. I was thinking about this for a while. It's good to travel, you know. You meet people. You meet people from different places and things like that. I met a guy over there. Um, if you're on my Instagram, you might have seen. There was footage of us driving around on a tuk-tuk. Now, the guy driving or riding, you ride or drive a tuk you ride a tuk-tuk or whatever. You know, he's pedaling around and me and Andre in the back. The guy who was riding it is also a comedian. So he was doing comedy, very funny guy. And I was talking to him and he told me he's from the Azores Islands. And I was like, what? He's from Azores. The Azores Islands. I was like... No, I don't want to look like an idiot. Because sometimes I get that. You know? You say you're from Barbados, some places. And certain people like, what? Where's that? And then you feel like, you know, they should know. Geography is lacking in certain places. And it was lacking in my school as well. Because <laughs> I didn't, I had never heard of the Azores Islands. Yeah, and I was like, Azores Island? What, what, what's, what's that? You know, and it's off the coast of Portugal in the mid-Atlantic. You know, it's some some small islands out there. And I was looking them up when I came back. I was looking at them on YouTube. Beautiful place, man. Very green and lush islands. Very beautiful. So I, w- I was asking him, what's Azores Islands known for? You know, like how Austria is known for Hitler. <laughs> what's Azores Islands known for? And he told me, uh, not much. Fishing. And then he told me this story. And then he said cocaine. So then he told me this um, crazy story. This uh, mental story about cocaine. And the Azores Islands. So basically what happened. There was a drug smuggler. And I think his rudder broke or something. Or his sail broke or whatever. And he had to dock at the Azores Islands. So he ditched the cocaine. He had a half a ton of cocaine. And what he did was he put the cocaine in like a net and some chains and tie it to an anchor and drop it just off the coast of one of these islands in a place called Pabo de Pabo de something anyhow so he left the cocaine went to get the boat fixed and he would obviously come back and get it but what happened is the net popped the net broke and all the cocaine um went to shore so all the locals found this cocaine and it's over a half ton of cocaine so the police found a little bit, but the locals found most of it, and it just transformed life on the island. They had people. They said a man give a man how much? Three hundred grams of cocaine just to charge your phone. It was everywhere. People were cooking with cocaine. The man told me a story where one day they was playing football, and one of the guys marked out the football pitch with cocaine. They just had an abundance of cocaine. A man. 
apparently it's even in the guardian i'm gonna link the story um <laughs> the guardian story in the bottom of this podcast on youtube this man hooked himself up to a, a drip of cocaine and water so he would just sit in the house attached to this drip of cocaine and water man people was just it it was selling for cheap as well because it, it was just everywhere as i said people sprinkling um cocaine on the in the cereal and stuff and obviously a lot of people started overdosing because it was uncut as well it was some of the purest cocaine ever and yeah mash up the country basically but some people got rich off of it actually became legitimate businessmen off of the cocaine that they found and whatnot but it's an interesting story oh so i did some research because at first i didn't believe the man's story at all I was like, man, you're talking bare foolishness. Marking out a pitch with cocaine and people cooking macro with cocaine and all this stuff. I didn't believe him. So I, I went online and I researched it and it's true, man. Half ton of cocaine turned up, transformed life on the island. Also, I also found out, guess where the drug smuggler was bringing the cocaine from? From Barbados. <laughs> His previous stop before reaching the Azores Islands, he went to Barbados. But the cocaine wasn't from Barbados. He he got the cocaine from Venezuela, then went from Venezuela to Barbados. I don't know if he dropped off any there, probably. Then he went from Barbados to Azores Islands. He was meant to be taking it back to Spain. So that was an interesting story. But anyhow, people, that was it from me. You guys have been lovely great to speak to you again if you enjoy the podcast subscribe give it a like on youtube tell a friend about it and yeah look out for me on social media and hopefully i'll speak to you again next week i've been nico aka nixman peace